Hello and welcome to the first full episode of the Compounding Podcast. My name is Jack Stratton and if you haven't heard uh, the short little snippet um, podcast that I put up prior to this one, uh, go back and listen to that right now. But I'm also going to state the same question that I did in that first episode because it's kind of the whole basis of this podcast. And that question is, what is the best way to build wealth? Now, that is a question I've been pondering on for a little while now, and uh, I'll explain a little bit more uh, about that and how that question came about and uh, what my interest is in it uh, in this episode, in this full episode. Um, But first I wanna explain myself. Like I said, my name is Jack Stratton. I'm 20 years old. I'm a real estate agent in beautiful, uh, sunny Southwest Florida. Uh, So if you need a house in Florida, uh, hit me up. You can go to our Facebook page, go to the Compounding Podcast Facebook page and, uh, and find out Uh, information both on the podcast here uh, as well as send me a message on there and we can uh, we can chat this podcast is obviously called the compounding podcast and it's called that for a reason Um, if you have ever heard of compounding interest and Albert Einstein called it um, the eighth wonder of the world Um, compounding interest is something that I've been trying to study for the past couple of years but as I've been studying it I've been finding too that compounding doesn't need to just do with interest or money or um, the stock market or anything like that compounding can to me at least it's really meant also uh, in and applied to life, and applied to families, uh, and love, and relationships. Um, And so that's also the reason why I wanted to interview people about their successes, their lives, and around this whole idea of compounding um, that, uh, that I've been so interested in. And so that's exactly how this podcast is gonna take structure. I'm gonna interview people, sit down with people, um, and it's people within my community. It's um, people that uh, I look up to. Uh, it's people that have had long success- successful careers. Uh, it's people that have um, done done really amazing things in their life, whether it be business or whether they're a mom and they raise children. Or um, I, I want to interview people from all walks of life and all areas of life that they're in currently. Uh, Where I live in Florida, yes, it is a lot of um, retirees and a lot of um, people who are retired. So they have had that experience in life. They have had um, those um, triumphs and tribulations in their lives so they can can speak about that. And that's what I think is interesting. Um, We don't need to turn to Elon Musk or the Kardashians or movie stars or social media influencers to understand how to become rich or how to build wealth. We can turn to people right into in our community. Um, if you look left and right down your street, more than likely um, you can sit down with someone and find out a little bit more about their lives and how they created um, you know successful careers and how they built 
up to where they are today. And you can we can learn from everyone like that. And so that's why I am starting this podcast. I'm going to interview people just within my community that um, that I think are interesting and have stories to tell. And hopefully, um, you know, we can learn from those stories by listening to this podcast. Um, so yes, this podcast is kind of catered to more people that are my age in their early 20s. Maybe you're even still in high school. Um, maybe you're in college right now, or maybe you are um, just starting out in a career. Regardless of it, I think we can learn from um, you know the different mistakes and the different things that people have done early on in their life. Um, so we don't need to make those mistakes going forward. We can we can learn from other people's mistakes rather than learning from our own mistakes or regretting our own mistakes, uh, most importantly. And compounding, and I'm going to get into this and how I started thinking about it since my grandma kind of introduced me to it and things like that. Compounding is something that you have to start early in order for it to really work, um, and especially compound interest. Um, and money and in the stock markets and things like that. So I have a whole chart and uh, a whole article that I'm going to kind of go over in this podcast. You can find both links to the chart and the article on our Facebook page. Um, it's the Compound Podcast Facebook page. That's where I'm going to be posting all of the show notes, uh, maybe some videos and little clippets and snippets. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a community page where we can go back and forth in the comments section. Uh, if you have any messages, uh, send me a message and uh, we can chat on there too. I'd love to love to be able to interact with you, the listener. Um, and speaking of interacting with you, the listener, if you are listening on the Anchor app, the Anchor podcast app, you can also submit and send in um voice recordings of yourself asking questions um, or giving feedback uh, to us or to me and we can um, go in and I can ask those questions to the next people that I'm interviewing. Uh, I think that would be really cool and a, and a really cool way to um, both engage with you guys and ask questions that you guys have that I might not think of um, because it's it might get a little stagnant and stale the questions that I'm asking these people because it's going to be the same questions pretty much. I'm just more interested in their answers to the questions. So really when I sit down and interview people, I'm going to ask them two questions. And I've kind of you can kind of uh already know what I'm going to ask them. The first one is what is the best way to build wealth? And then we'll have a conversation about that. Um, you know, how they built up their career, their business, whatever it is. And then the second question is also going to be if you take the monetary definition out of wealth, because right when you think of wealth, it people associate it with money. Right when you say the word wealth or wealthy, that person's wealthy, you think of of money with it. You think of they've they've built up a big business or they've done great in their career or they've built a big portfolio of stocks and bonds and this and that. But like I said before, wealth can be catered in a different way, whether it's family, love, relationships, things like that. So the second question I'm going to ask is, if you take the monetary definition out of wealth, now what is the best way to build wealth? And from the test little uh, questions that I've been asking my neighbors and people in my community uh, since I've had the idea to start this podcast is pretty interesting. They really kind of uh, sit back and think more about their life and um, their relationships and their children and things like that. And they have 
um, they have to sit back and think about that question um, first because it's easy to talk about your career. It's easy to talk about um, how you've invested and things like that. Um, <clears throat> but to build up a great family, to build up, you know, love and relationships, that, that could be a little bit harder to explain. And so um, I'm excited to sit down with people to record this. Right after this episode goes up, I have my first uh, ever interview that I've done. Uh, his name is Jim. He's my neighbor, Jim Fredrickson. Um, we had an awesome interview, uh, an awesome uh, session of sitting down, asking questions, getting to know him, uh, and it was it was really, really good. So right after this episode goes up, this episode is not going to be an interview. It's just going to be me talking, kind of explaining, going through the charts and things like that. Uh, and again, you guys can go and download these and follow along while I'm talking. Uh, and then the first ever full interview is going to be uh, with Jim. It's going to be right after this episode. So um, I hope you guys are excited for it. I'm excited, and uh, it'll be cool uh, to, to learn and listen from people that, uh, that are further along in their lives than we are currently. And even if you are further along in your life right now and you are listening to this, if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s and listening to this, by all means, reach out to me. I'd love to even sit down and interview you. Anchor uh, the app that I'm recording and, and posting these podcasts on and things like that. I have a great way that I can interview you as well too by phone, um, you know, and even if we have to sit down too, I'd love to do that. So uh, reach out to me if you have built a successful career, business, things like that. Maybe we can get something done and reach out to me if you have any other questions that you can think off of that I can bounce off of the people that I'm interviewing other than the two main questions that I'm going to be asking them. So that's kind of the structure of this podcast and I hope you're, again, I hope you're excited for it. So now I want to get into the story of how I got interested in both investing and money and um, building wealth. Uh, it actually started out at a very, very young age. Um, actually, let's go all the way back to when I was born. So the day I was born, um, my dad's friend gave me kind of an unusual gift. Maybe not myself, but he gave my parents an unusual baby gift. You could say so instead of getting diapers or baby clothes or anything like that uh, my dad's friend actually gave my father one share of Disney stock this was in 1998 the year I was born yes I was born in 1998 <laughs> my dad's friend gave him one share of Disney stock and I still have that share of Disney stock to this day um, I don't know the exact numbers on how much it's increased or anything like that but that share of Disney stock when I got old enough um, was the was the basis and the grounds for um, my dad explaining the stock market and investing and things like that to me. Um, my dad's been a businessman all his life. Um, he's been investing in the stock market all his life. He's been uh, very much interested in that. And so a lot of my interests and my information, especially when I was younger, uh, came from him and I, I credit uh, a lot of what I know to him um, to this day. But yeah, so my dad got to explaining the stock market with the foundation of, hey, 
Jack, you own this share of Disney. You own, out of the whole Disney corporation, you own a share of it. You own a piece of that company. And it was actually quite interesting. When we were younger, we'd go to Disney World here in Florida. I actually grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. So we would take trips down here to uh, Orlando, Florida, um, and and go to Disney World. And we'd roll through there. And my dad would be like, you own a piece of this. And to my 8, 9, 10-year-old self, that was, a, that was a weird thing to comprehend, right? How could I buy in or own Mickey Mouse or the rides that I go on or the big uh, castle that's in the middle of, of Disney World. It doesn't, it doesn't make much sense. So in 2008 and 2009 was obviously the stock market crash and recession. And during that time, I was about 10 or 11 years old. And um, that was kind of the second great um, basis level or ground level um, used for my dad to explain the stock market to me and why things are going down and why stocks are so cheap and why um, it's a good time to buy but also why people are losing money and, and things like that and just how the whole stock market kind of worked and so being of the age when I was nine or ten years at nine or ten or eleven years old when the stock market was crashing and there was the recession and things like that, it was interesting to me you know to start to start really digesting what the stock market is and how I could get into it and how I could use it to build wealth in my future and actually, in fifth grade, so nine ten years old or so, um, I got a great book it's called Lawn Boy by Gary Paulson. Um, it was given to me by my fifth grade teacher, and it's probably to this day the best book I ever read. Because uh, if you haven't read it, go ahead and read it. It's lit. It's not even 50 pages, maybe, um, and it's it's catered towards fourth to sixth grade readers, <laughs> and uh, it explained in a good story how the stock market works. And basically, kind of a summary of it is this kid goes out gets a lawnmower or a tractor from his grandparents and uh, he goes to his neighborhood and starts mowing his lawn and then his neighbors ask him to mow their lawn and he gets paid for that and he goes around the whole block and mows all these people's lawns and then um, he starts uh, he got approached by another guy who said hey let's invest in the stock market and things like that when you're reading it it's kind of like um, that doesn't make much sense. That seems a little sketchy. Some guy would just approach you, but trust me, <laughs> it's, it's a good book. And it was great to, um, read that book in fifth grade and understand how the stock market worked, how investing worked and things like that. So that's really what got me interested in it. And while I'm reading this book and while I'm hearing on the news, uh, things about the recession and, um, it just, I'd write down, I'd, I would literally write down a couple of questions uh, a day that I would ask my dad. So if I was at school and had a question pop in my head about stock market, money, investing, anything like that, I'd write it down and right when I went home, I'd ask my dad about it or after he got home from work. And we'd had a, we'd, we would have a conversation about this. It, there almost wasn't a single night that went by that we were talking about that for a little while at least we would always sit down and talk about about what was going on with money and things like that for about an hour or so so both the disney stock and the stock market crashing in the recession of 2008 2009 were kind of 
um, the basis for me starting to think about investing in things like that. Now, fast forward to when I was about 16 years old, um, I started thinking about what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, you know, I knew I was interested in money and investing in business, uh, so I knew I wanted to go into that more than whatever it was, what, you know, history or, or things like that. I'm not bashing history or anything, but that's just what I was interested in. And so at that age, you start going, you know, in your mind, uh, okay, what, what do I want to go to college for? What do I want to do as a career? Things like that. And um, my, my grandma and I were actually, we call her Noni. Uh, so I'm just going to refer to her as Noni from now on. Uh, Noni and I were having a conversation and she suggested to me to... Um, go into asset management or um, some sort of investing, um, maybe major in finance in college. And, and she actually, because I was so interested in this, gave me a sheet. She gave me a sheet that explained compounding interest. And at this point, I hadn't um, thought about compounding interest. I had thought about investing and knew about the stock market and knew that I could invest in companies like Disney, like Coca-Cola, like John Deere, uh, things like that. But I didn't know how to have that work uh, as a benefit for me, especially in my younger years. If I invested now, um, I just thought, yeah, like things would grow, things would grow. And by the time I was of retirement age, I would have a lot of money, but I didn't know the whole process behind it and why compounding interest was so, um, good. And so my grandma Noni and I were sitting down and she actually, um, showed me, uh, a chart. It says the surprising saga of two 19 year olds. And, uh, again, if you're, uh, listening to this, go ahead over to uh, the Compounding Podcast Facebook page. I have this posted on there that you can take a look at uh, this chart that I'm that I'm looking at, and it's a pretty pretty powerful chart and explains compounding interest very very well. And basically, um, to sum it up, there's two uh, boys. There's Joe and there's Jack, and uh, Joe started investing at age 19. He invested $2,000 a year from 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, and 26. So he invested one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. So he put a total, he invested for eight years. He put a total of $16,000 in contributions into his portfolio, into his IRA, whatever it is. And he stopped contributing $2,000. Uh, actually, he stopped contributing at all to his portfolio after age 26. And he let compounding interest do the rest. On the flip side, Jack didn't start investing until age 26. And at age 27, he started putting in $2,000 in making contributions, $2,000 contributions, every single year all the way up until he was age 65. So 2000, 2000, 2000, 2000 from age 27 all the way up to age 65. During that whole time, Joe put in nothing, nothing more than the contributions he made between ages uh, 19 and 26. And I think you can kind of guess where this story is going. At the end, at age 65, Joe has more in his portfolio because of compounding interest than Jack did. And Jack made 
contributions from age 27 all the way up to age 65. Now, if you take a look at this, this does have a rate of return of 10% a year or 10% annually and compounded interest and everything like that. And so this is just a good simplified basic version for you to take a look at. But um, it, it goes over what you contributed and then what the year end value was and then what you contributed and what the year end value was. And every year it has that compounding interest built up on it. So at the end of Joe's life, <laughs> not his life, but at the end of Joe's uh, 65 years of investing, he invested a total of $16,000 and ended up with $1,035,160. And at the end of 65 years, Jack invested a total of $78,000 and only ended up with $883,000. Now, you can imagine if Joe obviously kept contributing all of those years, he would have a heck of a lot more than that. But this is a very powerful chart to take a look at and really understand how compounding interest work, works. So at 16 years old, my grandma and I sat down and talked about this and we talked about compounding interest and investing early and it really, really made me want to jump in and put all of the money I'm earning at 16 years old from mowing lawns and shoveling driveways and doing this and that and oddball kind of jobs. Uh, into investing into the stock market, into an IRA or portfolio or whatever. Um, and uh, it really got me thinking about um, my future and setting up my future right. And that's kind of what this whole podcast is about. I want to um, really engage with um, younger people that are my age again, or a little bit younger, a little bit older, and have them realize that now is the time to start investing, not when um, you know, you're older and compounding interest can't work as well. So go ahead and check out that chart, check out what I'm um, taking a look at when I mention um, you know, the things like the contributions and he stopped contributing and stuff. It's a really good visual to go off of. And actually, that chart was kind of originated in an article um, called Rich Man, Poor Man, and Rich Man, Poor Man was written by Richard Russell. It's one of his um, biggest pieces of work, I guess you could say, um, biggest articles out there. Richard Russell was an American writer on finance and money and the economy. And some of you may have heard of him uh, and the stuff he's written. He published uh, a lot of his writings in a newsletter called the Dow Theory Letters and started doing that in 1958. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away in 2015, but again, his letters and his writings still live on. And I wanted to um, kind of go over and talk about uh, and read to you a little snippet of his article, Rich Man, Poor Man, because it does pertain to compounding and why I started thinking about these questions in this podcast and things like that. So in the beginning of this podcast, I said uh, Albert Einstein once stated, compounding interest is the eighth wonder of the world, and he who understands it earns it, he who doesn't pays it. And I heard that quote, I think, um, again, right around when I was 16 years old when um, Noni, my grandma, gave me that compounding interest table and uh, really got interested in that. And so rich man, poor man kind of goes off of uh, Albert Einstein's um, quote, as well as um, this whole chart. Uh, this chart is actually in 
um, this article that I'm going to link uh, in the Facebook um, post as well. So if you want to go and take a look at both the chart as well as the article, um, follow along, read the whole article, things like that, because I'm only going to read a snippet of it, um, that would be awesome. But this is from Rich Man, Poor Man by Richard Russell, and it goes like this. Making money entails a lot more than predicting which way the stocks or bonds markets are heading or trying to figure out what stock or fund will double over the next few years. For the great majority of investors, making money requires a plan, self-discipline, and desire. I say for the great majority of people, because if you're a Steven Spielberg or Bill Gates, you don't have to know about the Dow or the markets or about yields or price to earning ratios. You're a phenomenon in your own field and you're going to make big money as a byproduct of your talent and ability. But this kind of genius is rare. For the average investor, you and me, we're not geniuses, so we have to have a financial plan. In view of this, I offer below a few items that we must be aware of if we are serious about making money. Rule 1. Compounding. One of the most important lessons for living in the modern world is that to, to survive, you've got to have money. But to live or survive happily, you must have love, health, freedom, intellectual stimulation, and money. When I taught my kids about money, the first thing I taught them was to use the money Bible. What's the money bi Bible? Simple. It's a volume of the compounding interest tables. Compounding is the royal road to riches. Compounding is the safe road, the, the sure road, and fortunately, anybody can do it. To compound successfully, you need the following. Perseverance in order to keep you firmly on the savings path. You need intelligence in understanding what you are doing and why. And you need knowledge of the mathematics tables in order to comprehend the amazing rewards that will come to you if you faithfully follow the compounding road. And of course, you need time to allow the power of compounding to work for you. Remember, compounding only works through time. But there are two catches in the compounding process. The first is obvious. Compounding may involve sacrifice. You can't spend it and save it. Second, compounding is boring. Boring. Or should I say it's boring until seven or eight years, then the money starts pouring in. Then, believe me, compounding becomes very interesting. In fact, it becomes downright fascinating. In order to emphasize the power of compounding, I am including this extraordinary study courtesy of MarketLogic of Florida, or Fort Lauderdale, Florida. In the study, we assumed, and this is the same study, I'm going off right now, sorry. Uh, this is the same study that I was just talking about. This is, he goes on to explain um, basically the same compounding interest tables. In the study, we assume that investor B opens an IRA at age 19. For seven consecutive periods, he puts $2,000 in his IRA at an average growth rate of 10%. After seven years, this fellow makes no more contributions. He's finished. A second investor, A, makes no contributions until age 26. That is the age when investor B was finished with his contributions. Then A continues faithfully to contribute $2,000 every year until he's 65, at the same theoretical 10% rate. Now study the incredible results. B, who made his contributions earlier and who made only seven contributions, ends up with more money than A, who made 40 contributions, but at a later time. The difference in the two is that B had seven more early years of compounding than A. 
Those seven years were worth more than all of A's 33 additional contributions. This is a study that I suggest you show your kids. It's a study I've lived by and can tell you it works. So go ahead uh, and go read this whole article. It's called Rich Man, Poor Man, and the Greatest Generation. Um, Rich Man and Poor Man is actually an article within this article. <laughs> Someone wrote this article uh, called Rich Man, Poor Man, and the Greatest Generation um, about Richard Russell and um, you know why, why we're kind of thinking right now in this market in today's era, um, why it made him think about uh, Rich Man, Poor Man by Richard Russell, things like that. Uh, so go ahead, go to the Facebook page, uh, read that. That would be, um, it, it's a good read. It's a good read. And I only read a short snippet of the actual article that Richard Russell um, wrote, but you get the idea. The whole chart that I'm talking about that my uh, grandmother sat me down and uh, went over, that's exactly it right there. And um, he said right at the end, it's, it's, it's a philosophy that he's lived by, and it's a philosophy that I want to live by, and uh, I think it's a philosophy that I want to study a little bit more. And the way that I'm going to study it is through this podcast, through interviewing people that have created successful lives, that have had successful lives, uh, great careers, um, great relationships, family, and learn from the lessons that they've learned all throughout the way and um, hopefully by recording these stories uh, you're interested in them you listen to them and uh, we can all learn something from them so thank you for joining me on this first full episode of the compounding podcast um, where I explained uh, why I why I'm thinking about this and why I want to uh, go out and interview more people and uh, join me right after uh, this episode, right after I upload this episode, for the first full interview, I interview again. His name is Jim Fredrickson. He's my neighbor. Uh, we had a great conversation um, and and great talks. He had great, he had really great answers to um, the questions that I asked as well too. So it was my first um, full interview again, and I'm uh, taking a little while to edit it mainly because. Um, the microphones were a little messed up and uh, I, I know next time now to do some things differently and um, uh, again bear with me as the first episode might not be as great quality uh, as the coming episodes but I hope you um, stick to this whole series that I'm doing. I'm going to try and upload an episode uh, a week uh, podcast every single week. Uh, if I don't get to it, uh, it might be kind of an every other week or bi-weekly thing. But regardless, I hope you join me uh, on this journey on listening um, to people uh, in my community and the interesting stories that they have to tell and um, the lessons that we can learn from them. So again, my name is Jack Stratton and this is the Compounding Podcast and thank you so much for listening to this first episode.